I've got Paul Cookson on the show today, and uh, he is the percussionist extraordinaire who is all over this uh, Kingdom Come record uh, and all over town right now delivering food to people during this crazy time. Hello, Paul. Hello, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's an honor. And man, it's an honor to be on the Kingdom Come CD and hopefully very, very soon after this crisis, maybe a live show, that well, maybe a traveling show. That'd be great. Well, that's the plan. I talked to my dad. I said, what do you see in the future of this? And, and he said he yeah. doesn't know. But uh, we definitely got to get this thing performed. We definitely need to get it um, uh performed live uh because that's really the great thing about it but just to rewind back um yeah yeah a lot of this project is so pieced together that none none of the people involved have actually all met each other at one particular time so the day we do that live performance will be the day that (laughs) we all meet each other yes that would be exciting to see the people who played on it hear the voices the actual musicians come together and even if it's just meeting and having dinner or eating together and then breaking bread and then go perform. That would be totally awesome. Yeah. Well, you and I have known each other for a while. We've we've actually done a lot of the same kind of um, you know overseas short term mission trips. Not at the same time, but you know right. uh, we we've right. done a lot of shows in town together. Uh, and I've known you for a long time. But just just tell everybody a little Correct. bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm originally from San Antonio, Texas. Yeehaw. I have been playing um, drums, percussion. For a long time, I started at the age of three, took lessons at five on drums and played through middle school, high school, and college. Also took a year with DCI Drum Corps, played at the Alamo Marksman in San Antonio, Texas, and then kind of got really heavily into music as a professional, probably around the age of 27, 28, and just been playing with a lot of different people, local people and in San Antonio. But then we made the move to Nashville, Tennessee in 2000. And that's kind of really, it really kicked off. And so I started playing with um, some local acts and then kind of went from there into session work, then playing with some large national country acts and Christian acts out on the road. But then um, it kind of pushed it more into the studio because there's a lot of great drummers and a lot of great musicians here in Nashville, Tennessee. But I decided to go ahead and pick a niche that was percussionist. And what I mean by percussion is not just playing a tambourine, a cajon, which is a box, or um, one conga. It's the whole family of the percussionist family of orchestra. So I know how to play timpanis, chimes, marimbas, vibes, all that within the family of percussion. So I've been doing that for now, oh my gosh, probably 40 plus something years. Well, and you've been on the road with some some pretty cool people, uh, some well-known people. I have. I've been on the road um, with... Bill Anderson, country legend, whispering Bill Anderson. I've played with him and also Linda Randall, who is with the Gaither crowd. I've played with Linda Randall uh, for some time on the road as a percussion player. Um, another gentleman who's a three-time Juno winner, Steve Bell. I've done a couple of concerts with Steve. He's been great. And then you tend to do what we call a one-off, which is maybe a one-show, which um, – when I used to go to Christ Community, where you still go, and we had Stephen Curtis Chapman there, I played, backed him with a, with a group, and also just a lot of different artists, which was wonderful to do. And, uh, and now, uh, to, to add to your list of things that you do, you, um, besides also being a podcaster, you, uh, you, you're doing tracks yeah. uh, both from your studio and you show up at other people's studios. I do, yes. Um, I do stuff at uh, my home. 
that people send a WAV file of music, and I'll track, and then I'll go to other studios. Like, I've also, Michael W. Smith, that's the other one I played for. I played on his M's record and did percussion on that. And then another gentleman named Paul Cardall, who's out of Canada. I believe he lives in Los Angeles, but he's a nine-time Grammy winner. He's got some great music. I played on his recent Christmas album, and that's great. So I got to go to different studios and track percussion in those studios to do those albums. Yeah. So give us a little rundown of what your, your, um, when you say the percussion rig, you know, uh, it, it could mean a lot to a lot sure. of different people, but it, it kind of tell us what you have on hand. I guess there's too much to list, but like I've seen you <laughs> perform uh, live almost like a drummer, but you've got this little, this system all set up cymbals here, a little, you know, a, a, a djembe there, uh, you know, just tell sure. me what's all there. Yeah. So let me tell you about, let me tell you about my setup. Um, it depends. Usually I can go as small as just a djembe and shaker, which is really small and like one mic, or I can do a large setup. It just depends on the genre and the artist that I'm playing for. But usually my setup can be 13 feet by maybe 10, 13 feet, give or take what I'm taking and how much space I'm given. So that setup would consist of Man, I'd have uh, different types of djembe's, different sizes in djembe's. I would also have different cymbals from splashes to regular crash and big china boys to even an inverted bass drum that I use along with some snare drums and a lot of hand toys. So we have shakers, we have bells, we have um, different wood blocks that I use. And I also make some of the stuff myself. So I'll take vitamin bottles and put rice and beans in it. And it gives me a different texture of shaking. And then I have a soft shaker, loud shaker, and so on. But usually it consists of different drums. I even bring sometimes some toms from my drum kit and add them in to that. And again, it all depends what I'm doing. So basically my setup can be very large or scaled down to very small. Well, so that's my setup. Yeah, and and what was cool about what we did is that mostly we did it over at my studio. So you showed up with a bunch of stuff in the back of your truck, and I said, like, "What do you got?" And you bring it in. We set it up, and and we did yeah. some stuff. And then, hey, well, uh, something else. And, I, and then you'd go out there, and it's it's like you're like this old tinker coming back. Hey, how about this weird <laughs> symbol? You know, we'd set that up there, which was cool because um, I only had a few songs on the album that were were drum kit related. Uh, and then, right. the, then there was quite a few songs that were just bluegrass ensemble, which really technically don't need a lot of percussion. But I had a lot of country songs, um, and some of them, you know, there was a, a number where you played snare on your legs with brushes, and it <laughs> sounded right. like a brush snare kit. But it was not like um, we, we didn't actually want to do a snare because I think either we tried it or we just thought it's too much. What you did right. right there on that one particular number. It's amazing how much wisdom pours from just one humankind. What a man, what a pal, what a guy. With the brushes on your on your legs, I think is like one of your little signature bits, right? It is. You know, I've used that in a couple of other songs where I've used a... Um, it's called a broom brush. It looks like a broom. I've used a, a broom brush on my leg. And even on the Paul Cardall album, I use that as well. Um, I use, also use a metal brush or I've got a nylon brush that I can play on my jeans or my, my top of my legs. And you can use your hands as well. So you get different sounds that you really couldn't find and say, you know, let me go find that instrument. Or maybe someone sells that. A lot of times they don't. You know, a lot of times percussionists, we find things that make that sound 
or we make it up on the spot. Now, I'd gone to, I was cutting an album. This is probably about 10, 15 years ago. I went to a studio, cut an album, and then I left. And then I got a phone call, said, hey, Paul, can you come in and listen to this one song? I said, sure. So long story short, I go in, I listen to it, and the guy goes, can you play something on this? I go, I didn't bring anything with me. You just wanted me to come listen. He's like, well, can you use something around here? I go, hey, do you have a, an acoustic guitar? He goes, yeah, but it's got strings on it. I go, that's okay. So what I did is I flipped the guitar over, put the strings on my actual lap. So I had the, it flipped over and I had the body of the guitar facing up. All right. So then you've got the hole between my legs that's facing down. And I've I'm, I'm got the body on top. So they put a mic there and then they put a mic under the hole. And I actually played that guitar body as a, like a cajon, like a djembe, a, a wooden box is the way I played it. And it's on the album. A gentleman named Sharif Iman. And the name is called, uh, I think it's called Old Man in the Rain or In the Rain. And it was a piano, bass, and that body of guitar I used on the spot to play the song, tracked it, and they kept it. It's amazing. And that's a great part about just doing a, a recording is that people can't see the crazy stuff that you're doing. I mean, there, you and I <laughs> exactly. were, there's a gospel number where there's, you know, a, you know, what sounds like, you know, 30, 40 people singing and we needed sure. clapping. I didn't get them. I didn't record them clapping. So we sat and overdubbed. I don't know how many times just you and me uh, clapping. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. th one thing I, w I will, I, c I can't understand how you do it. I've never understood how people do this finger okay. snaps. I cannot, I can get about maybe two bars into finger snapping, but you did an entire <laughs> two takes of a, three minute song finger snapping and yes. it was great i'll tell you about that um that goes back to that came into play i was at another studio in uh, franklin tennessee and i was recording an international song just one song they brought me in for one song and the guy goes can you snap and i said yeah he goes i can snap and just cut and paste it which means you you record the snap for maybe two bars that's two bars of four and then you just keep copy paste copy paste just like you do on a computer you copy paste until it's done or until they want whatever they want but i told the guy i think i can do it all the way through and he goes seriously i said yeah so i kind of ran through a couple times and snapped the fingers snap 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 and just kept going and he was like man that is awesome i don't need it Every quarter, I just need it, like, every two bars, you just need to snap, snap, snap. And I was like, that's no problem. I did it for two minutes and 60 seconds. And so I thought, man, I guess I can snap. So when I got to you and you said, Zelly, not a problem. I've you, snapped before. You must not have arthritis because I, I just, I can't, I can't I, snap like that. And also there's, there's a not. tone, you know, like, uh, when I snap, it, it just sounds dead, but, but... That just that right. pops. It almost doesn't sound like finger snapping. And I know this is kind of crazy right. to even spend twenty minutes talking about finger snapping. But, <laughs> so, um, well, it's, it's. I think it's awesome because well, and and because it it yeah. it serves the function of keeping the backbeat or whatever part of the beat that you want to accentuate without having everything be th that same old instrument again. There's the snare for the Correct. or there's that. You know, we used uh, just a. Uh, I believe it was just a djembe uh, as a full yes. kit. Yeah. You know, I don't even, uh, you You may have had a foot here and holding something with your mouth. I don't know. It was kind of like Dick Van Dyke. You were just playing all this stuff all at once. Um, 
And that's a great thing no. too, is that I think we tried yeah. to keep it simple where it wasn't like massive amounts of, of, uh, kitchen sink kind of stuff. We wanted to sort of kind of get the feel, um, because we could we could have spent all day overdubbing cymbals and shakers and sure. stuff. And I think we each each song that we did, we tried to use a different you know device. So where you've got like the uh, the djembe on this particular tune, we could have done that exact setup for all the other uh, tunes. But you know we did a cajon for right. this thing. We did we did um, the 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 legs. Um, you know the with the brush brooms um right 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 and that is you know also great for people who are um wanting to come up with uh, when you're writing a song that the, a lot of people may start to produce you know they'll get their drum loops in they'll start doing all this stuff sure. really you know if you're writing a song to pitch for example you really want to have it to where the song is not um overkill with with production but a little percussion definitely right. helps you know if it's just the acoustic guitar and the singer um i would say that stuff that you add is very tasty and and if if people would ever want to uh add thank that you. to, to it, well and play on your play on their albums as well but but just to to, to no, get songs you. demoed down definitely now, you're also yeah, I, I, yeah no go ahead go ahead oh well i was gonna say with kingdom come the the challenge for me was that the challenge you gave me was a great challenge because there are a couple of instruments I haven't played in like maybe 15 to 18 years. And um, that was the spoons and the harp jaw. Oh yeah. Or the jaw harp. And, and so those two things I hadn't played in a while and I haven't found them. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I don't even carry those with me most of the time. Cause they're never asked to be used. So the challenge to come up with different, um, different instruments of the percussive family for this album was amazing and a great challenge for me. And I loved it because I love a challenge because sometimes you can go in the studio and do the same thing over and over. You could run the, the shaker and then you can run the tambourine on two and four. Then you can run a couple of cymbal rolls and then you can maybe do a cajon or whatever it is. And then you're done. And that song, then you go to the next one. It's pretty much the same thing, but for kingdom come that CD, the challenge was every song was different and every song had a meaning to the lyrics and written for the scripture, which was amazing. And to have a percussionist come in or even the, the, the musicians to come in and say, oh, this is a great challenge because it's not like the everyday record that's recorded. Well, and because it basically it was one at a time. You know, I, I, you, right. it was just you and me. And then the other day yeah. it was me and Glenn Duncan. Or then the next day it was me and Chad Jeffers. Uh, it, was, yeah. it was never, hardly ever a moment where there was more than me, the producer, and the one person I was recording. The only time that it was different was when I had um, the uh, the gospel choir singers come in, and that was you know little yes. over half a dozen people in there, and that was about as big of an ensemble I got. But the finished product is hopefully sounds like we did it all together, and that's all a tough together. thing to and do. And that's what's going to be, a, yeah, yeah. And that's what's going to be great when it goes live, and you have all these players that come together and it'd be times a hundred live than what, what it was that we all recorded separately. Well, tell us about what else you got going on. I know you've, you've got, you know, you're always recording, you're always playing out, uh, but you also got a podcast. I do. I have a podcast called The Bewildered Men. Uh, me and another gentleman who is a father as well, a Christian man. His name's Randy Clem. 
And we both, we all have girls. He's got two girls. I've got one. And Randy and I have been doing this podcast for about two years, getting ready to go two and a half years. And we basically, it's like two dads who would sit around the fire pit outside uh, drinking sweet tea or beer or whatever we do and just talk about life. And Randy is more the kind of the smart rear, I would say, of the, of he and I. But um, we tend to, we have different opinions and different thoughts, but we also gel when it comes to other other topics. It's food, family, faith, fun, um, conspiracy theories, <laughs> um, stuff that's happened to stuff that's happened to us or our families. We talk about on the show. But no, thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate it. Well, yeah. And where where is that? What's the, what's the URL there? Um, it is www.thebewilderedmen.com. And how can people find you, Paul, to uh, get on, get, get some recording with you? Oh, they can find me. I'm on Instagram under Jimbay300. That's D-J-E-M-B-E-3-0-0. You can find me there on Instagram or even my email. I can give you my email. And yeah, I'll put all that in the show email. notes and we'll... we'll um... Yeah. That that'd be great. Definitely. That'd well, be Paul, awesome. I know so, you got well, you got you. food to deliver for people, and that's a blessing. And, and I appreciate you I taking do. taking the time. He, Paul's sitting in his car right now doing this interview, so it's very <laughs> awesome of you. And uh, well, I'm, thank you for I'm in the garage because I can't even make it over to my my actual <laughs> studio. So but this is this is how awesome. this is how life is. And so, um, well, thank you uh, not it only is. for for taking the time to talk, but being on the project. Um, of course, we're going to be doing some other things in the future. We've been talking about. And, and great, I think that's great. a great part yeah. about um, technology these days is if we can't be there in the same room, we could still be there musically somehow. Exactly. Exactly. And I want to thank you for having me and also um, your dad, Moose, for having me on the record. It was great. I loved every minute of it and can't wait till we do it live. And thanks for having me on the show. And I appreciate you talking and uh, just explaining you know, what's going on and how we're still moving forward. Yeah. Well, this is folks, this is the uh, music of music uh, business of the future. So this is how we do it. We do it on, do it in person, or if we can't, we still do it. The show must go on. So uh, exactly. thanks again, Paul. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll Thank talk you. to you again real soon. Cause they were faking it in the plane, just putting it in and taking it right out. Never learning what it's all about to share with the sacrifice. Oh, Shout and holler Thinking they were giving up the very last dollar They won't ashamed of their lies No